Episode 18 featuring Donovan Smalls II on the Nine Point Start of the Dream podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nine Point Start of the Dream podcast. This episode we have Donovan Smalls II. And when Donovan is one of those athletes that really is on a mission to kind of help give the world what he wish he had. When I first met Donovan, I also I, I wasn't sure. I was like, man, if, you, if you're telling kids not to pursue their dreams of going D1, but then I realized, no, he, what he's telling them to say is shoot for the stars, but also be ready to have that have that plan that's in place to win. So once you achieve that goal and once you're done playing, you're ready to do something else with your life and kind of pursue the other goal. And it's what's good with him is just seeing how much he's, he cares about these kids and how much he really wants to instill with them the knowledge and the value of leadership and just how to really win off the court, off the field, off the off the track, whatever they may be. So great episode here. Just how he's going to share, kind of sharing his story, his values, his, his knowledge, just what he's doing, and just kind of really hope you can really find value in it. Just hope you can just really understand that, you know, there's always a second pass you can make. You know, you don't have to make that first pass. It's not there. You all, you all have another round. So hope you enjoy, and here we go. So, question I'll start with everyone, everyone comes on is, when you were younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams the goals you wanted to achieve? So when I was younger, um, my, my big dream was to play Division One college basketball. And, um, you know, everything seemed like it was going in the right direction. Um, the first college letter that I ever received was from Florida State University. Um, I got invited to the Nike camp, so I'm playing against guys like Steph Curry and Derrick Rose and, and these high-profile guys. And, um, you know, that was, that was one of my biggest dreams. I wanted to make it to that level. And so, you know, just a little bit about my story. Um, things were going in the right direction. And, you know, I'm, play, I'm, I'm a nationally ranked player. You know, not necessarily like top five or anything, but I was nationally ranked at the time. And, um, you know, I get to my senior year, I'm excited. And then all of a sudden I don't have a scholarship. And so, you know, throughout that process, there was a lot of disappointment and fear and anxiety, not really knowing what the next step was going to be for me. And so, you know, I just kept, I I kept at it. tried to, I, I went to prep school first, and then I went to try to walk on. I played Division Two college basketball, and then eventually Division Three. So, um, you know, never really made it to that Division One level, but still, I, I have a passion for it, and um, helping athletes as much as I can. Awesome, awesome, love it. So, so when you got to that point, when you're a senior, you had no offers, was there like anybody around you that was saying, told you it wouldn't happen? You know, I, I really had, um, I had a great support system. I think, you know, my, my parents, my brother, um, the people around me, they always taught me to, you know, strive to whatever it is that your dream is. Try to get there, um, but make sure you also have a plan in place just in case, you know. And so um, I had, I could say that I did have positive influences to make sure that my academics were always um, in good standing. So you know, not, I, I didn't really experience any negativity um, aside from, I think, 
just just the regular things that student athletes go through, the political aspect of sports, you know, that's probably the only negative, I would say. That's good. I think we need more people that kind of support our dreams, you know, yeah. kind of give us mm-hmm. you know, the, the inspiration that we can achieve what we want to achieve. So, so once, you're, once you kind of realize that you had to go another route other than D1, how did you kind of map that out before you, before you took those steps? Yeah, um, man, I, I think it was a tough decision for me to make not being able to go D1, but at the same time, I just, I love basketball and I just wanted to be back on the court. You know, you being a football player, you understand the feeling of just being present in the moment and, you know, with the competing with your teammates and, and, um, you know, the, the crowd cheering your name. And, and that's the type of thing that I missed. And I also realized that my identity you know, the essence of who I was as, as a person, it got caught up in basketball. It got caught up, caught up in sports to the point where that's all I wanted to do. You know, I didn't think about anything other than playing sports at the time. So um, it really wasn't an option for me to not play. And so I just kept striving to, to find a home for me in terms of my athletic career. And then it ended up being a Division three school. Okay, so you say you end up being a D3 school. So I know sometimes our ego can really kind of get in the way. So how, so what was it like going through the mental process of going from D1 dream to say, I'm going to go D3? You know, when I didn't get that, that scholarship coming out of high school, it was tough because I feel like there was a lot of embarrassment. There was a lot of ego in there too because, you know, I was – ever since I was in – you know, eighth grade, it was like D1, D1, everything's D1. You look on TV, you see these big name schools, um, you know, North Carolina, you have um, Duke, you have UConn, you have these big name schools and your ego sometimes as a student athlete won't allow you to see that there are other opportunities out there besides being a division one college player. And I think, you know, sometimes we just get caught up in that and our ego won't allow us to 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 explore those other options because we think that we, we're less than if we don't reach that elite division one status. And so I experienced that, um, you know, just that, that ego, but I had to check my ego and realize, um, and it took me back to the reason why I started playing basketball in the first place. And that was just because I, I wanted to be around my friends. I just enjoyed the game and I loved the game. And so I had to take that, time to really make a mental shift and realize and and just bring it back to the foundation of why I started playing in the first place. And that's what really helped me as I transitioned back to the division three level. So, so for you, you're saying that like, it was all about the joy of the game. That that was like, I don't really like your driving factor. It wasn't about the money, the car, the lifestyle, just kind of being on the court with your teammates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, I feel like once you start to see that your dream isn't going the way that you thought it would go, you then start to to evaluate the whole process and why you even wanted to go D1 in the first place. And then it just brought me back to, you know what, my eligibility is going to start running out soon. And I just want to have that opportunity to to experience that flow, that, that um, you know, level of comfort of being on the court and, and being with your teammates and playing. So that's really what, what it was for me. I had to check my ego and 
just just break it back down to the foundation and why I started playing basketball when when I was four years old in the first place. Perfect. So I know we talked before, and you said you kind of went, you went a few other steps, kind of get to that that one school. Like you went the prep school route, you went the other other mm-hmm. like kind of tried walking on. So when did you kind of realize for with those steps that it was just more of just like how did that feel going those routes trying to get to that next level? You know, I think because I was young at the time, um, I just thought of it as, you know what, if I go through this situation, if I go to prep school and I dominate, I'll be able to reach my dream of playing D1. So, you know, going through that initial process, it was always D1 as being the end goal. But, um, you know, I didn't really think about, you know, what was going to happen, like, if I didn't get there. So that was just the main focus for me. So as I went through prep school, I, I just saw it as a stepping stone to get me to where I wanted to be. And then I ended up not getting a scholarship after prep school. And I went to try to walk on at a division one school. And again, that was just for me, a stepping stone. I looked at everything as a stepping stone to get me to where I wanted to be. But then there came a point where I just had to look in the mirror and say, you know what, this isn't working out the way that I thought it would. Am I going to continue to be led by my ego or am I going to, you know, play this hand the best that I can and and just be able to sleep at night knowing that I'm doing something that I love. So that's kind of how that process went for me. That's a lot of gold there. So so what what helped you kind of build that mentality that every opportunity or every step that was more of a stepping stone for you. And a lot, a lot of athletes, it's kind of hard to kind of have that, to get over there like, oh, this is another letdown, this is another setback. How do you kind of make us the way this is another opportunity for me to kind of improve or grow as a person or an athlete? I think it just comes down to patience, you know, um, realizing that in life we, we all have these major goals, whether it's in sports or, or whether it's just in life. And, we want to get to a certain level and we can see the vision and we can see it plain, but there are steps to getting there and we can't skip any step during that process. And so throughout my athletic career and even in life today, I try to look at things in terms of, okay, this is going to eventually get me to where I want to be. I might not like where I am right now. Um, I might see people that are farther along in their journey than me. But, you know, I have to continue to walk my own journey and just see that, you know, once I, I take care of where I am now, I can eventually get to where I want to be. And the crazy thing about it is when we're at the level that we're at now, there are still some things that we need to learn while we're here. So we can't be distracted by the, the ultimate goal because if you, if you don't fully get what you're supposed to get at the level that you are at right now. Once you eventually get to the goal, you'll have to backtrack because you didn't fully focus on that current moment. So it's, you know, the thing about stepping stones is it's, it's needed in our lives and we just have to have patience. And so for me, I just tried to continue to have patience and continue to keep the vision in front of me. So I think that's what really helped me. Dude, that was fire, man. Like, <laughs> thanks, thanks. No, like, <laughs> like just everything you said right there, it, it's so relatable because you said you got to put in perspective just the where you want to be, but understand where you are right now. And I, I like, and like one thing I love saying is like, 
you can't judge your chapter two or someone, or someone else's chapter 10. That's true. That's true. You know, it's funny. I was watching, um, I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, the, the Olympics. I forgot which, which uh, event it was, but I think it was the 200 meter butterfly when Michael Phelps was, was swimming and it was hyped up to be like this um, amazing meet an amazing race because one of the other guys, he eventually, he beat uh, Michael Phelps in the past. And so the crazy part about it is there's this bit, like famous snapshot of the guy looking over at Michael Phelps and what he was doing as opposed to saying focused on his own lane. And then he eventually, the guy eventually got distracted and he lost, you know? So that goes back to what you were saying. You know, we, we have to stay in our own lane, you know? I remember that picture. I think Eric Thomas said, you know, something like stay in your lane. Yeah, when, yeah, that's true. And that's I true. Think, think that's so key. So so when you got to so once you got to that D three school and you got to experience being a college athlete and kind of your version of greatness, you know, your version, your dream of being a college athlete, what was that feeling like getting on the court? Being back on the court, it just it brought me back to, you know, just that happiness of of just playing, you know not really playing because of my ego anymore because I wasn't at the division one level. So it was just basically playing because I love the game. And that's what I enjoyed the most. It was not playing for um, accolades or anything like that, but just playing because I loved it playing because I wanted to be around my teammates. Um, I love seeing my family in the stands watching me play. So it was just, it was, it was a great experience as my athletic career started to end and you know, I just, I realized why I, I wanted to play basketball ever since I was young. So it just brought me back. I, th- I feel like everything came full circle once I um, played Division three basketball. So for any athletes listening right now, what would be your advice for kind of maybe kind of how to find that deep root reason for why they play the game they play or play the sport they, they do or are involved in? I think it's always about being true to who you are and realizing um, the importance of, of, of just being true to who you are. Because a lot of times, as you were saying before, we can get distracted by what other people are doing. We can get distracted by the glitz and glamour of, of watching these games or ESPN and seeing um, LeBron and seeing Kobe and seeing, you know, these amazing sport figures. But you have to realize that, you have to be true to you just because they are at that level doesn't mean that that level is best for you. Right. We talk about, you know, division one, division two, division three, you have to understand which level is best for you because there is an academic side to it. There is a social life to it. And if you're not aware of who you are, and if you're just basing your athletic success off of what you see on TV, then you're going to constantly chase somebody else's dream and not your own. So I think it's about that self-assessment and realizing who you are and what level is going to be best for you as a person, not just with athletics. Love it, man. I wish I would have had this when I was, you know, coming up the ranks, you know, kind of to hear that it's okay if you don't go D1. You know, it's, it's, it's okay if you have to go to a smaller school, if it gets you the opportunity to kind of play the sport you really love, you really love. So, so once you kind of, you ended your, your playing career, what did you know was your next step or what was your next move? Did you know what you wanted to do next? 
You know, I, so as my athletic career started to end, um, I realized that, you know, I didn't really focus on what I was going to do afterwards. I, I, I realized that I, I focused so much on getting to the next level in my athletic career that, you know, what was going to happen when I was done? I can't play forever, you know? And so I, I started to see a lot of my friends who made it to the athletic success that we all desire. They played division one, they went on to play professionally, but at some point their athletic career started to end too. So, you know, that next step for me was to begin helping student athletes prepare for life after sport. You know, I, I just, I, there were some friends and, and some family members that I've seen who are, are really, they weren't put in, put in the best position to succeed after their athletic career was over. They're still struggling trying to figure things out. And I think that if they were to take the time, and, and the same thing with myself, take time to figure out how you can leverage athletics into a career after um, sport, then I think they would have been better off. So for me, um, the next step after my athletic career was to help other people succeed in life after sport. And what does that look like when it comes to helping people succeed outside of sports or after sports? You know, I think it, it really starts with having a plan, you know? Um, and I was thinking about this and you probably remember this in school. I'm an, I'm an educator. So in school, um, every month we have a fire drill and you know, during this fire drill, we, we go through the procedures and we go through this plan. And I realized that the importance of the fire drill is to make sure that you have a plan in place before, you know, or just in case anything happens. And I realized that the only way that the plan is going to be effective is if you have a plan in place before you need to implement the plan. And it's the same thing in, with, with athletes. Because a lot of times we focus on getting to the next level in our athletic career, right? Like we, we try to go D1 and then after D1, we see if we can play professionally and then we see, you know, where we can go after that, you know? And so I think it's important. And what I realize is it's important to have a plan in place before you need to implement the plan, because that's the only way that it's going to be effective. So for me, I try to help these student athletes develop a plan. You know, who are you with and without sport? You know, what is the role of education? What is the connection between life and sport? What are the transferable skills that you can acquire from sport and apply it to your daily life? So that's really what it looks like for me, just, just helping them in any way that I can. But it really starts with having that plan in place. And then um, from there, we go through pr uh, personal and professional development. So, so when you kind of did your own kind of self-assessment, how did you see Donovan Smalls a second as his life after sports continued? I, when I was younger, for some reason, I could never see myself doing something outside of sports. You know, I knew that sports was going to be a part of my life and I just needed to figure out how I could continue to use sports even after my, my playing days were over. So, you know, I, I always wanted to just serve and help other people the best way that I could, but I also wanted to be specific and, and, you know, couple my 
purpose with my passion. So I put both of those together and it comes out as, you know, the second assist. It comes out as me helping student athletes win in life after sport. Because again, a lot of times as athletes, we can win playing, playing basketball or playing football. Like we win in sports, but we can lose at life because we don't have a plan. So, you know, it just came down to, to me um, making sure that I coupled my purpose with my passion and, and use that every day the best that I can. Love it, man. So, so for anyone that doesn't really know, what is the second assist? So the second assist is a student athlete development program that focuses on education, athletics, and leadership. And the main mission is to empower student athletes with the tools needed to succeed in life after sport. So um, as a student athlete consultant, I go in and I, I, I plan um, these individualized workshops. And, and at the end of the workshop, the whole goal is for student athletes to have a plan in place that can help them with life after sport. It's not telling them that they need to focus less on sports and more on academics or anything in that nature. But I am saying that you have to do both at the same time, you know, because again, you cannot wait until your athletic career is over to start to figure out what you want to do. If you do it properly, you'll see that you can take what you're learning from athletics and, and apply it to life after sport, but only if you strive to be the best you can be athletically and strive to be the best you can be with your life after sport, but you have to do it simultaneously. So, you know, that's the main mission and the goal of the second assist. So, so as you progress with the second assist, where do you, where do you want it to be? Like, how do you see this thing progressing and this movement progressing? I see myself um, conducting workshops all over the country and really helping student athletes to develop their plan for life after sport. Because again, like, you know, you cannot run from the day that your athletic career is going to end. You know, there's always this quote in sports and, and it goes, father time is undefeated. You know, all of us have to retire at some point. And my whole vision is to make sure that student athletes can live a sustainable life with or without sport. And so that looks like me going in and, and you know, putting on workshops, develop, um, developing a relationship with athletic directors and, and essential personnel in the school system, and also the student athletes, just to help them any way that I can. So really just being that student athlete consultant. And man, when, when it's all over, it's scary because a lot of times you, really you really don't plan, like you're saying, you really don't plan about what's next because you're so in the moment and I think it's great to be in the moment but you nearly think about all right if I get hurt today right what what am I going to do I know from for myself personally like I was so caught up on that D1 and then I, I told my ACL and I was like dang what's next right my That's my true. my ACL my, my my ACT score wasn't that great you know, I I, wouldn't, I wasn't into a college yet, and I was like, all right, what do you do now if you don't get into school or sports? But I think that it's great that you're kind of teaching that message to kind of say, you know, pursue this goal and go go full heartedly at it, but just know once once that 
once that day comes where the injury happens, hopefully it doesn't, but that one day that you can't do it no more, what are you yeah. going to be? What, what's your mindset to say, I want to pursue sports, but not be in sports? You know, right, so. right. You know, the interesting part is that in other professions, you can, like, say you wanted to be a teacher. Um, you can teach until, you know, you're 65 if you really wanted to. But with athletics, the longevity in that career in the athletic field, it just isn't the same. You know, it's very short, that window of time that you have to play. And so, you know, as athletes, I don't think we really think about that while we're playing. We think we, we can sustain the success. But, you know, I always say Kobe Bryant, he retired at 36 years old, which is relatively young, you know, to, to the amount of time that you're going to live on this earth. So I think we have to just, just make student athletes aware of that fact. You know, the window of time to play sports is very, is very small compared to other professions say that it makes you make you realize that that that's so true because a lot of athletes when you look at like careers it's like they play they retire they go they, they go doing they go broadcast if they get lucky to do that yeah. but there's no, there's no there's no really other avenue to kind of help athletes be athletes but you know and, but, but not be on the court or on the field or whatnot so that's interesting that you put it that way yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at athletes too, like it seems like the only the elite athletes are the ones that go into, um, you know, they can be an analyst. Right. So, you know, we, when we watch games, we see the analysts who were big time players or uh, they played at a big program. So they get that shot. But unless you go into, you know, journalism or broadcasting, like you said, you won't necessarily have that opportunity to to, to carry your athletic um, expertise onto TV or, or in that nature. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. So, so, so once you go to these schools, like, what's, what's like one of your kind of your maybe kind of workshops you kind of do to kind of give athletes kind of like a, a blueprint steps? Like, what's like one of the first things you have, you have your athletes do? One of the first things is we talk about personal development and, um, and really just just athletic identity. And the reason why is because, you know, just from personal experience and from doing the research, you know, I'm a doctoral student at Drexel University. So I'm focusing my dissertation on this, this, this research as well. And it's, it's really about um, the fact that as athletes, we, fo we, we focus so much on basketball or football or whatever it is. And our identity and the essence of who we are gets caught up in the sport that we play. So we don't necessarily know who we are outside of football or outside of basketball, you know, and we allow sometimes our identity or, or our performance on the court to get wrapped up into our, or it dictates our mood and the way we see ourselves. I remember in high school, you know, there would be days where I, everything's going well throughout the day. Um, you know, I could have gotten an A on a test, could have gotten great news. But then if I played a basketball game at four o'clock and I didn't play as well as I thought I would, then I would, I would be depressed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. You know, I would shy away from conversation. And so I realized now that I'm allowing my identity to get wrapped up into my athletic performance. 
And so that's one of the first things we talk about is just really understanding who you are with the game and without the game, because I think that's critical to, um, in order for them to have sustained success. Yeah. I, I really appreciate what you're doing because so many athletes don't know what they don't know. And so many athletes don't know how to feel because we always see is the stars on TV. We don't really see the real life people that are really, you know, have lived our dreams out and are doing a little bit different than what the NBA or the NFL is showing. So That's I really, appreciate, really appreciate what you're doing, man. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, so we kind of work toward ending this a little bit. Um, so as you continue to grow, are you hoping to kind of make this a global thing? Like what, what's, what's your big dream? You know, my big dream, honestly, is just to impact as many student athletes that I can. You know, I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know, you know, what the future holds for me in terms of the second assist. But as many student athletes as I can impact, that's my whole goal. I want them to not only be successful on the basketball or football field or, you know, the soccer field, but I want them to be successful with life after sport as well. You know, I see a lot of people who, who you know, they, they were a star in high school or they were a star in college, but now they're struggling to make ends meet because they didn't focus on what was going to happen with their life after sport. So I just want to impact as many people as possible, um, you know, just reach, reach as many people as possible and try to help them develop their own individualized plan that's going to help them live a life that they desire. So clutch. So, so Dom, where are you at on social media, website, any link we can kind of make sure we kind of plug in here? So for everything, uh, well, Twitter, what is it? Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm at the second assist and uh, LinkedIn, Donovan Smalls, the second. And uh, my website, um, the second assist.com. And then you can also check out my uh, YouTube channel. So that's also the second assist. The YouTube is fire. Like the videos, like the, like, like, like the, like you said, you said one that was what? Yeah. The Alan Iverson story. That was. Yeah. 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 That was the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. Fire, man. Hey, if you listen to go watch the YouTube channel, go listen to his videos and whatnot. Cause it's definitely something that we need more in sport. Donovan, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on a little bit and talking, talking hearing a little bit of your story. And we really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me, man. Anything I can do to help, um, please let me know. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Nine Point Start of the Dream Podcast. I was your host, Jacoby Gillum. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review, let me know your thoughts. You can check out more about what we're doing with Nine Point at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, talk to you soon.